Hey guys, I'm Chris. Hey everybody, I'm Robert. And we're the Film Flamers. And it is time, as always, to shoot the flames. That's right. And we're finally past trauma. And as we all know, April showers bring May flowers. So <laughs> we're here to bring you Midsummer and The Witch this month. That's right. We're looking forward to talking about both of those movies. Did you see <clears throat> somebody posted something where it's like if Pixar did Midsummer? No. So they all look like Pixar. Like, I need to show you. Yikes. Because it's adorable, actually. I'm like, I would totally watch the fuck out of that. Okay. Pixar's Midsommar. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's yeah. what I'd take my kids to see. Uh, but we have a jam-packed Shooting the Flames episode for you. You guys have been busy on the social media and with the reviews and the voicemails. So why don't we just get started? That's right. Starting with our first review, which is from Fallout Beach. And they say, only two podcasts matter. The ongoing history of new music and the film flamers. That's it. Sorry, Mark, Sarah, Ira, the rest of NPR, Crooked Media, Bloody Disgusting, Real Time Nerdist, etc. You're all swell and I'll always touch base, but I only have room in my podcast Polyheart for two. And if the day ever came where I had to be monogamous, film flamers, I'm all yours. Seriously, though, you can't find a more insightful, funny, and entertaining horror genre podcast out there. The hosts have excellent chemistry and overflow with enthusiasm. And if you folks are ever in San Francisco, come to The Last Call in Castro. You have several fans there behind and at the bar. We will, in fact. That's actually really exciting. I know. I mean, uh, so how does one walk into a bar in the Castro and be like, I'm a motherfucking film flamer or something like that? Like, or do you be cool about it? I would no longer know you. Yeah. You would walk away. Yes. You would have left the entire Castro area. I have a, I have a idea. We could just walk in wearing the film flamers t-shirts. Yes. Cause that's light cool. a business card across the bar. That's right. Just be like, see what it gets us. I know. <laughs> Drinks or a blowjob. Well, no. <laughs> drinks hopefully i'll have an old-fashioned deke um (laughs) (laughs) and i drink from the tap i just can't let that joke go (laughs) (laughs) well thank you fallout beach for that review and we will be in san francisco at some point i'm sure so keep listening and keep a lookout for Two bearded, tired queens walking in wearing Flim Flamers t-shirts, because that's us. Yeah, I do need to make a pilgrimage. It is the city of my birth. It is. And I've never been. Oh, my God. Neither is Matt. He wants to go. Well, let's do it. Oh, my God. Look for us, Last Call. Okay. In Fallout Beach. We got a review from GMC on Apple Podcasts UK, and they say, Without a doubt, my favorite film review podcast. Consistently intelligent and thoughtful opinions, which really help me reflect and appreciate the movies. Always lots of interesting facts, and I always learn loads. Also, the presenters share a wonderful sense of humor and never fail to make me laugh. I want to be their pal. You are our pal. You are. You're already our pal. And thanks for calling us funny. I love it when people call us funny. And when they say we have chemistry, which those two things did. Yeah, we get that a lot. We do. Do we actually have chemistry? I don't think so. I think we fake it. Yeah. Do we? We fake it till we make it? We made it about four years ago. Yeah. (laughs) We've been in death rows ever since. (laughs) Chemistry is waning. (laughs) What y'all have been listening to for four years is the death rattle of our friendship. (laughs) Oh, my God. <laughs> He's joking. <laughs> <laughs> you can never get tired of me. 
Anyway, he, Leanne says. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to need like two shots in my cup. Go ahead. <laughs> From Instagram says, hello. I just discovered you on Spotify about a month ago. I listen all day in my office and I just adore you both. My most favorite so far is the faux synopsis of Silence of the Lambs. It's a throwback. Did we do a faux synopsis? We do a faux synopsis every time. Oh, I mean, we do write our own synopses, but did we do something special for Silence of the Lambs? Maybe. I don't know. I Damn, need to, I need to go back and listen. Mm. The the most faux I remember is our Thanksgiving. <laughs> yes, that entire was... episode was faux. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> we had to fake it until we made it. That's right. And it was just a death rattle. Anyway. <laughs> Themes. I memorized it and said it to my husband to see if he would know what the movie it, what movie it was. He knew right away and we're both still laughing about it. The legend episode is absolutely perfect and I agree that the black gown is the best part but I also love monster noises and when Tim Curry roars and runs it is definitely worth mentioning. I love monster noises, especially Godzilla. Ooh, I love that one. I'm consuming you at a rapid rate so please keep it coming. Keep swearing and thank you to the moon and back for the joy and constant laughter. I'm smitten. That's an amazing fucking review. I know. Right. And I will keep swearing. Thank you so fucking much. I mean, all these are amazing, but I mean like, you know, complete with anecdote. That's right. I mean, I'm glad that you picked out certain parts of episodes that you like to mention. And now we both are curious about what we said in the synopsis for sounds of the lambs. I think that I'm gonna have to pull up that ducket. For real. Here in a little bit and just remind myself. But hey, thank you for listening. We're smitten too. Mm. We're fucking smitten. Julie over on Instagram said, found you guys on Sp- Spotify again. I guess is our new like place. Oh, it is. It definitely is. It's really outpaced everything else. And I have binge listens to almost every episode. Thank you, Julie. We have a lot more coming, so don't run away just yet. We got some comments on our hot takes episode where we talked about our experience at the Overlook Film Festival this year. And Ashley over on Instagram said, loving hearing your highs and lows. And I am now determined to go to the Overlook Film Festival in 2024. Did they share tentative dates by chance? Thank you for covering and getting me excited for all that's to come. The two films you've gotten me most excited to see, Clock and Talk to Me. Well, those are two excellent choices. They are. And stay tuned for the trailer conversation coming up later this episode because we might be talking about those. That's right. And I love that people want to go to the Overlook. Yeah. And so, yeah, we everyone can do it. So if you guys want to make a pilgrimage, you'll see us. I mean, so listeners, maybe, maybe just maybe if we're at the Overlook next year and other people are there, we just have like a meetup time. Yeah. A Flamers meetup time. Yeah. Well, of course we'd have to. That's right. That sounds like fun. Yeah. Oh, and to answer your question, uh, it's going to be sometime in the spring, summer, but they have not released dates that I'm aware of. They usually do that toward the end of winter. Yeah. And then they start selling passes right around the same time. Yeah. So I look for it then. But um, we will share the website in the show notes. Yeah. Allison from the Who's There podcast said, love this episode. I want to go next year. Come on, Allison. Join Ashley. Mm Mm-hmm. Penelope over on Patreon said, and here I thought no one would ever quote Streetcar on this podcast. So many missed opportunities. Streetcar exclamation point. I assume she's talking about that Simpsons thing. Did I do that on that episode? Yeah, maybe. Where I was like, New Orleans, the Simpsons mm-hmm. musical. I don't know. Yeah. Stella. Um. <laughs> I'm a dame and you're a fella. Stanley, stop or I'll tell Stella. <laughs> <laughs> 
Battle Burrito on Patreon said, talk to me. It was so damn good, and I can't wait to show it to others when it comes out. I think I saw July 28th. That is correct. That it is does correct. come out on July 28th. That's the very date. Although I think I put Battle Burrito. <laughs> Battle Burrito? It's very French. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jessica over on Patreon said, excited about so many movies now, guys. Thanks. Adding Talk to Me Clock and The Artifice Girl to my much-watch list. The Artifice Girl. Yes, I think Artifice Girl is your new favorite, and then Clock, and then Talk to Me. Yes, in that order, actually. Yeah. So, uh, Artifice Girl, man, drool emoji. I want people to see the one about um, the innocent or whatever, framed, not guilty. The accused. The accused. (laughs) (laughs) You were almost there. The synapse is almost connected. (laughs) But also, um, Appendage. Right. Mm. Like, oh, fuck. Yeah. So many movies from the overlook were really, really good this year. And like, I know that we talked about it at length on that episode. So if anybody hasn't listened, go back and do that because there's a lot to look forward to this year. And it makes me very excited about what the overlook will bring in 2024. Yeah. So do that. Look into this festival, come to this festival. It's so accessible and easy to do. From our deep dive into The Thing from 1982, Isabel from Instagram said, one of my favorite horror films perfectly discussed by one of my favorite podcast teams. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) That was so announcer-like realness that you just gave me right now. Oh, well, you missed your It took four years. I mean, God, if you say death rattle again one more time, I'm going to feel a certain kind of way (laughs) sitting over here across from you. Maybe it's just my death rattle. (laughs) (laughs) from our bonus episode uh, on the girl with all the gifts that our patrons chose from a poll. Kimberly said, such an amazing movie. Watch Cargo. It's so good, but so damn sad. I bawled at the scene with the perfume. Well, you had me at so damn sad. Honestly. I don't even know. I need to watch Cargo. Yeah. I added it to my list the first time. I need to watch it. I want to watch it. I mean, I like zombies, but now I know to look for perfume. And so I'm like, get ready for the fucking tears, I guess. Yeah. Because I will cry at anything. Mm-hmm. From our deep dive into 28 Days Later, Kimberly said, getting all pedantic and sciency. Rats and horses can't transmit the virus because it's only carried in primates like Ebola, polio, HIV, etc. Humans and chimps share a lot of diseases because we're so closely related. Also, these zombies could presumably starve to death because they are living bodies versus zombies from other movies who die and come back to life. Makes sense. Yeah. I, I think I'm there with you. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I'm there. I'm on it. Mm-hmm. You're right. Thank you for getting pedantic and sciency. Um, did we talk about that? In yeah, the episode? yeah, of course we did. Right. Zombies versus zombies. Mm-hmm. From our shooting the flames episode in April, Ashley over on Patreon said, thank you so much for making park ranger immortal in the film flamers universe. Fucking love the white noise plot twist angle. Maybe I should write this as a short story. And we'll film it because we're looking for short stories to bring to the Overlook Film Festival. We want to make a movie, Ashley. And we're going to call it Death Rattle. And it's going to be a little mutant Muppety baby (laughs) that carries around a little rattle. So whenever you hear a little rattle, you know it's like lurking in some sort of shadows and it's going to leap at you and go, So I suddenly feel better about you saying Death Rattle so many times in this episode. I had to make it work. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's like full circle. Uh, yes. So still sending love for park ranger. And, um, of course we're happy to make him immortal. And it seems like we've just done it again. Yes. We love park ranger. That's right. Penelope over on Patreon said crotch fruit gets me every time. (laughs) Same crotch fruit. (laughs) 
Also, I think y'all have officially replaced an overabundance of Muppety with Wet Grinch Salad. A Wet Grinch Salad drinking game is less appealing for some reason. Yeah, so like a Muppety drinking game seems fun. You know, like every time you hear it, you laugh more. But every time you drink when you hear Wet Grinch Salad, it just makes you want to cry. Makes you want to weep. But that's what went. We'll replace it with Death Rattle. Yeah, <laughs> Death Rattle's the new one. <laughs> this drinking game is creating its own wills. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we need to open up every episode with the word of the day. <laughs> now, today's episode is brought to you by the word Death Rattle. <laughs> <laughs> it's brought to you by the phrase crotch fruit <laughs> battle Barit over on patreon said cocktober was definitely a missed opportunity and, and dick timber we were what 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 i don't even know we were trying to like come up with different names for months and like we couldn't we couldn't we missed opportunity i'm so ashamed of our of us clearly because we were talking about like dicks and months or something i mean like as we were wont to do and uh, fucking cocktober i will never forgive myself dick timber dick timber <laughs> Because I have completely now stopped calling in October. <laughs> stopped October? <laughs> yes, since this message. Like, I mean, the few times that I have to bring it up in actual conversation, I'm like, yeah, it's in October. <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten looks. Yeah. So the Overlook will come out with their new schedule sometime between October and Dictember. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Drink, everybody. <clears throat> Today's episode is brought to you by the word Cocktober. <laughs> As it should be. <clears throat> From our bonus episode into Jennifer's body, Nikki over on Patreon said it was a fun watch. I'm sure I would have liked it much more if I was watching it in my early years. A couple thoughts. I really enjoyed the random, oh, look, there's insert random actor's name here, moments in the movie. Is it biopic or biopic? We just say it differently, you and I, I think. I think I say biopic. You say biopic and I say biopic. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. And you must be kidding. Needy was totally in love with Jennifer. The way she looked at her during the low shoulder concert was classic swoon face. I can see that angle. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I mean, but like. It could be the, the girls are by trope. Anyway, that or I mean, just like if you are completely invested in friendship and stuff like that, like you, you could look at someone in a loving manner. I mean, if Chris wasn't saying death rattle this entire episode, I might look at him in such a way, but <laughs> in such a way that says stop saying death rattle. <laughs> but he has ruined all of that <laughs> with his biopics. Lick my pole. <laughs> Speaking of poles, trauma movies. <laughs> a comment based on our... <laughs> that was such a good segue. Oh, my God. <laughs> you were saying? <laughs> yeah. So Penelope commented on our poll for trauma movies over on Patreon. And she said, with a name like Poultry Guys, who could say no? Also, it's a musical. It reminds me so much of Thanks Killing, but more singing. I need to find the full score of the Thanks Killing musical. Yeah, I'd like to hear those songs. And I am the person that's going to say no, because I watched a portion of Poultry Geist. And you probably, you patrons, have probably already heard our reaction to Poultry Geist. So if you want to know what that reaction was, it was violent. But I'm not going to tell you in which direction of violence it was. That's right. So you have to go to, over to Patreon to figure that out. <laughs> At your risk. <laughs> Nikki over on Patreon said, I have heard of none of these movies. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> Save your soul. <laughs> no. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> 
Don't do it. Don't watch them. <laughs> Don't be traumatized, Nikki. We care for you. I, it literally crossed my mind to write an apology letter to our listeners. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like we will never do this again. <laughs> it was an experience, though. Yeah. We lived, we lived through it. <laughs> but unscathed? No. 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 From our deep dive into Toxic Avenger, Battle Burrito over on Patreon said, For the right crowd, this is one of the best group watches. However, the last time I watched this, it was with a group where most people had to turn it off after the dog died. Yeah. I mean, that tends to be the case with a lot of people. Yeah, but it's done in such a way, you know. I mean. Although I'm not one of the people that has to turn it off. No. I mean, I've I've seen worse things in horror movies. I don't like dogs dying. No, but certainly it, not. In this movie, it was... God, kind of funny people are gonna come for me for saying that but yeah. i mean it was it was comedic from our deep dive <laughs> from our derp dive <laughs> to class of nukem high battle burrito said this was significantly less enjoyable than toxic avenger oh yeah it really it's poultry geist it really it's like an was. oscar-winning film compared to poultry <laughs> compared to that piece of shit spoiler i guess they don't have to go to patreon anymore <laughs> <laughs> just kidding we loved it poultry geist is amazing maybe go find out <laughs> Don't watch it. Just listen to our podcast about it. <laughs> just, just listen to but what it's we great. have to say. But <laughs> <Maybe>. it's something. <clears throat> it is certainly something. So we have some questions and such and such. At <laughs> Isabel Ardent over on Twitter said, damn it. Just realized I can't hear the beginning of Careless Whisper without imagining a screech and thinking about the Film Flamers podcast. Hell yes. Right. We finally made it. So when when she tweeted that, I took a screenshot of it and I put it on all of our fucking socials. I was just like, this is the best thing fucking ever. We have ruined this song <laughs> for people. But it's a good song. We like that song. I do. I mean, I love Mia George Michael and I love Careless Whisper. But like the fact that people now hear that, I mean, it just came on the radio and this person's driving their car and they're like, oh, the film flamers, where's the screech? Come through, daddy. Yes, <laughs> daddy. Yes. <laughs> so I put it on like Instagram, I put it on everything. Like that fucking tweet was amazing. I can't wait till we do a live show inevitably. And like, I don't know if we ever get big enough in the next 50 years or so. <laughs> mind that when death everyone does then, the I intro the, with us and everyone does shh, the film flamers <gasps> and then everyone does the hottest guy thing with us it'll be it'll be a precious moment you know damn well i'll fucking lose my shit and start crying in the middle of the fucking episode i'll just, I'll just be so verklempt that everyone was just like doing those things right it's all right we'll edit you out <laughs> I guess it's my death rattle now. Only that moment, not the whole thing. Jesus. <laughs> only, only my weeping, <laughs> my fifteen-minute interlude. <laughs> Kimberly over on Patreon said, "I know you have a lot of movies and shows on your watch list, but please put Evil on your list. It's streaming on Paramount, and it's right up there with Hill House for Fear Factor. It's also funny as hell. Beware! One of the leads has four very loud, rambunctious crotch fruits, and in Stefan voice." It has everything. Supernatural, demon possession, psychopaths, cannibalism, murder, and cults. Did I do that right? I think so. Stefan from SNL? Yes. Okay. Yes, you did. And Dan Cortez. (laughs) (laughs) 
So Evil has been on my list for quite some time. I just never yeah. sit down and watch. I see it all the time and I've seen trailers and it looks good and I've heard it's good and it's critically acclaimed and Kimberly's telling me to watch it. So it's on my list. I mean, we're bad about horror TV though. Like we still haven't seen Chucky. It's, oh my, and like the new season, they're about to start filming it. Yeah, like I don't even They've know. just announced like a, the next American Horror Story and blah, 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 or whatever. That's right. Oh, and fucking Kim Kardashian's going to be on it. Oh my God. Patty Lapone is in the news for saying she doesn't want to be on a show with Kim Kardashian. <laughs> and I all completely of, sympathize with her. All kind of like diva drama going on. Love it. So I would rather just read the drama than watch the show, maybe. Yeah. Bennett sent us an email and he said, Hey, Tired Queens, I have been on an X-Files binge lately and revisiting some of my favorite episodes. I forget if you've mentioned the classic series at all in your podcast. We have. But I'm curious if you have any of your own favorite episodes. I'll start off with my personal favorite from season five, Bad Blood. I don't know what that is because I don't, I, don't rec- I don't memorize episode titles unless it's like really really rare that i do like the body from buffy yeah from buffy i would say i don't know a lot of buffy titles so that's about it maybe like even then i, I couldn't tell you more i'd probably recognize it mm-hmm. you know after but i've seen x files at least three times through i love that show it's very close to my heart um i could describe some i like the time when they go to the um the like the gypsy camp or the sideshow or whatever and then their little muppety appendage is killing people at night uh, i think that's the one where uh where scully actually eats a cricket or whatever, and she eats it, and she's actually eating it for real. What? Really? Yeah, because they did it behind the scenes. Uh, there's lots that I love. I love uh, the one that the guy that can change shape or skin change. There's one that's where Brad Dourif. This more straight. It's not like sci-fi. Brad Dourif plays a serial killer. What? Um, because Mo, um, Mulder was a <clears throat> profiler. That's how he got into it. Like, and so like he was a really good profiler before he kind of ruined his career with aliens or whatever. And went to the basement. But anyway, I, I love that series. Certainly the the stronger first like five seasons, but I still love I'm still a fan of fucking Agent Doggett at the end, played by, you know, Terminator. Robert Patrick or whatever. Yeah, Robert Patrick. Yeah. So So here's the thing, Bennett. I have seen a handful of X Files episodes. Not a lot. Maybe like ten. There's some really good ones. I love, there's some demonic ones. There's ghost ones. There's alien things. There's they do everything, and it's so good. I feel like this is a gaping hole in my like horror watching experience. One of them, yeah. I mean, yeah, there there are many. They are legion, uh, especially when it comes to TV, right? And I have always wanted to sit down and watch The X Files from start to finish because I feel like it's something that I would love. I know I would love it. It's like the time period from things that I loved anyway. So maybe, maybe we do that. Can we, let's start that. Let's do an X-Files night. Yeah. And so we actually formed a list of the best uh, X-Files episodes in the skips or whatever. So a lot of the mythology episodes, but also like the best of the monster of the week type episodes. Uh And it was still a good, like 60 episodes or something, you know, and that's still like way less than like 10 seasons or whatever it was, eight seasons. So you have that list still? Probably. Yeah. Okay. I can send it to you. Jessica over on Patreon said, Robert and Chris, exclamation point, love the Overlook coverage. I seriously got so many great movie recommendations that I cannot wait to see. FYI, I finally received my two Film Flamers tees, Come Flame With Us, and Sigourney fucking Weaver. Yes, Jessica. And I absolutely love them. They took so long to get here, though. About a month? Yeah, Teespring's taking forever. 
Oh, God. I mean, worth it. But how bad is it when we are all so, so, so used to Amazon Prime delivery? I know I also promised to post a picture of my Flamer swag to Insta, and I will, but must build up the nerve. The first round of snaps that I tried were not good. I will figure something out, though. I just know that I have officially come to the age where I cannot stand seeing myself in pictures. Should we all feel like this in today's body positivity world? No, but it is what it is. But a promise is a promise. Pics will come soon. Oh, trust me. I did not want that picture of us going up on socials at the Overlook. Wow, that was good. I hated that fucking picture. Oh, really? But I was like, I got to let it go. Yeah. I mean, so like I... I struggle sometimes with body positivity or whatever. Cause I, I feel like I look stupid in pictures. Like I never smile. I hate my smile and I, I just don't do it. So I get it, Jessica. And if you don't feel comfortable, you don't have to, you can just take a picture of the t-shirt and put it on Instagram, but we would love to see your smiling face wearing it. So mm-hmm. whatever you want to do, we're yeah. here for it. You can just send it to us and you can just tell us whether you want to share it or not. That's right. And um, we appreciate buying the t-shirts and representing us when you wear them. And like, if anyone else is interested in seeing that we have a lot of t-shirts at this point, just head over to our website, filmflamers.com. And there's a link to the merch store. That's right. Mm-hmm. And send us pics. It'll warm the cocktails of our heart. Let <laughs> me stop the inevitable death rattle. <laughs> So Nikki sent us a very, a very special email. And she says, I listened to your Gateway Horror episode again a bit ago because I love it so much and was inspired to send this to you. In my dreams, I'd be singing this in an amazing demoness dress from Legend and with you two on a karaoke stage with me and a whole horror-loving family in the audience. A girl can dream, right? Aww. So this is what she sent us. Nobody ever treated me kindly. Daddy left early, Mama was poor. I'd meet a man and I'd follow him blindly. He'd snap his fingers and I'd say sure. But suddenly Seymour is standing beside me. He don't give me orders. He don't condescend. Suddenly, Seymour is here to provide me with sweet understanding. Seymour's my man. Oh, my fucking God. That almost made me cry, Nikki. For real, I almost got like teary eyed. (gasps) That was amazing. I would totally do this karaoke with you. Like any fucking day of the week, I would sing Suddenly Seymour with you. Come on, let's make it happen. Come down to the Overlook and we will find a place to karaoke. (laughs) I had to make this happen now. Oh, my gosh. Maybe the last call has karaoke. (gasps) Or San Francisco, there's fans there. <clears throat> oh my god wow that it's like my favorite musical sung by one of my favorite listeners i am just having a fucking moment right now <laughs> like really i'm clutching my entire decolletage and i'm just like living for this that was amazing you sing beautifully 
For real. My gosh. She says, P.S. I need to record another message in French, but with a better mic. And my pronunciation needs a lot of work. Maybe Robert can read this since he couldn't understand my recorded message. Sad trombone. Wah, wah. Mm. Uh, let's see. It's been a while since I've had to speak any kind of French, but um, bonjour, Chris et Robert. Comment ça va? Je de votre podcast. Vous sont super trop et ressent. Ma partie préférée est une le fun fact parce j'aime vraiment le fruit amusant. Je ne peux pas attendre le prochain épisode. Au revoir. Wow. That, that sounded sounds, all official. I mean, that sounds awful. <laughs> I have no idea. I am so fucking rusty on my French. It sounded Nikki. like a French death rattle. Was what it That's what I mean, for sure. <laughs> so, uh, what does it say? Hello, Chris and Robert. Um, how are you? Comment is how or how are you? Yeah. Comment ça va? Is like, okay. how are you doing? Yeah. Uh, I love your podcast where I adore your podcast, whatever. Yeah. And uh, something about interests you're funny and interesting and then i really love the fun facts you know my favorite part is the fun facts and they're amusing uh because i love really amusing things okay yes and then something else <laughs> i cannot wait for the next episode goodbye okay au revoir <laughs> that's right got it nikki i'm gonna drink to you <laughs> We got seven voicemails. Seven. My God. We had a dearth for a while, and now it's back in abundance, and I love it. From three people. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> so uh, let's start going through Kimberly's. Okay. So just FYI, some of these were sent like weeks and weeks apart. So don't think people are calling on, you know, just back to back. Although they could. They could. They can. They're yeah. allowed. Mm-hmm. Hey guys, it's Kimberly. Uh, so follow up to my last message. Um, the thing on my desk that you saw that said, calm the fuck down, that is my desk calendar called Effin Birds. And it's these beautiful Audubon style bird illustrations coupled with, um, uh, completely vulgar statements. Um, so my personal favorite so far of the year is, um, Wednesday, February 22nd. Uh, oh look, it's the king shit of Shitsylvania. So, I appreciate those. <laughs> Kimberly, I feel like we would get along. I feel like our sense of humor is very similar. <laughs> we already knew that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, here's the next one. Hey, it's Kimberly again. Um, I just wanted to let you guys know that I love you a lot and Robert I hope you are doing okay and I'm sorry about the death of your family and other sort of life changes um, God knows I've been there um, and then I also wanted to send my sympathies to Ashley um, on her cat um, I also can deeply sympathize losing those little furry goblins that we share our lives with um, that we can't communicate with but they're our best friends anyway um, I know how hard that is and uh, sending you lots of love as well. Okay. Bye. Fuck Robert. It's all about park ranger. I mean, for real Kimberly, that was so nice. And I love, I love that our listeners like are listening to other listeners, writing things in and saying like nice things like that. For real? So park ranger, come on. Love it. It's 
Kimberly again, another voicemail. I love the idea of a horror movie where you're being protected by a little spirit animal or a pet you've had that has gone to the afterlife. Um, in my case, um, Jeff, a.k.a. One-Eyed Pazuzu, uh, he talks a good game, but ultimately he'd be like, mm, sorry, you're on your own, and he would run off to the Rainbow Bridge like a little bitch. So um, I'd be out of luck there, but um, I do love the concept. I think that would be an awesome movie. <laughs> he run off to the rainbow bridge like a little like bitch. a little bitch. I, for, I actually clutched my pearls because I thought, are you saying one eyed Pazuzu is dead? What? No, please tell me that's not. No, the case, she's right? not saying that. All right, whew. no, she's saying if he did and he was the spirit baby and the spirit <laughs> fur goblin, <laughs> that he'd be a little bitch. <laughs> sounds like an amazing pet. Well, sounds like a one eyed Pazuzu. <laughs> one eyed Pazuzu. What's the Scrotus? I don't know. I, I don't even know if that's his name, but he sent two because he got cut off because it's long. Okay. The Scrotus is long. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't catch the name, so like I'm guessing it's the Scrotus. The Scrotus should be round and hard and of adequate size and should burst in your mouth at precisely the right moment. Okay. You can cut that out, too. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> All right. Here's the Scrotus. I'm guessing. Hey, Flamers. This is your super callous, fascist, racist, extra braggadocious king of the divided states. Singer of the punk band, Chuck Card, a.k.a. The Scrotus. You might not know this about me, but I am a cinephile. Amongst other files, I am a cinephile. I wanted, I'm getting late to you on the uh, 28 Days Later episode, but I did want to mention some things. Uh, number one, I do agree. I think that's the better of the two. I think it, it hit the right time of the in our society after 9-11, it really stuck a nerve and it was really, I don't know, I thought the darkness of it made it all the better. And I think it didn't go hard enough and lean hard enough into that darkness, to be honest. I think uh, the whole beginning with Selena immediately killing her friend was a sign of how brutal the times had become in that movie. And I really liked that. And it was a definite flip from the Romero zombie of uh, the lumbering basically settle you into a lull of a malaise of dread where the boils uh, rage zombies made you basically need that 24 hour mess habit to take, stay alert and alive. So anyway, I do think Gleason's character was important because it showed that you can't be complacent. Uh, he got careless and those careless episodes were a definition of him because he was stuck in that in that apartment complex for so long that he forgot how it was to interact with the situation at hand. Um, and his death basically in turn turned it over to the, the army stuff, which got kind of boring for me anyway. Um, the real thing I have about this movie is the end. I wish the alternate ending of the two ladies walking off into the sunset with their prom dresses and uh, AR-15s or automatic weapons would have been brilliant with uh, Murphy laying on the table dead. Um, one other thing I wanted to mention was that uh, there was a comment about the differences in the, uh, the callbacks to Romero, and you failed to mention the crazies. In the crazies, Romero did exactly what we're talking about here in 28 Days Later. There was an infection. It was a virus. 
and it was brought on by the government, and there was all that containment about the crazies, and that was a Romero movie. People forget that one. Um, lastly, I want to plug Wild Zero. Go see it. It's trans-friendly. It's great. It's brilliant. It's funny. It's got a drinking game if you buy the DVD, and you will get blitzed within the 15, first 15 minutes. Uh, anytime you see uh, a flame or somebody combs their hair, somebody screams rock and roll, or a head explodes, you've got a drink. It's crazy. I love it. All right. I only had one thing else to say. I wanted to quote on my out to say that uh, Wild Zero is awesome and that, to quote Guitar Wolf, love has no borders, nationalities, or genders. And sweet, beautiful, lovely dreams. And I hope I don't get indicted. Oh, wait. I already did. Never mind. Thank you, President Trump. <laughs> the Scrotus. <laughs> the Scrotus. Uh, yeah, so we have talked about the crazies before, and I've yeah. certainly talked about the remake, which I am actually a big fan of. I like it too. For some reason, I had crossed wires, and I thought that was Wes Craven. Uh, like the original? Yeah. No, it's Romero, Obviously. for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I didn't even think about that. I was so wrapped up in like the zombie thing to remember the crazies, which is a really good Romero movie, yeah. right? The remake is also really good, like shockingly yeah like i started watching i was like blah 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 whatever you know and then it just gets better and bigger and bigger and it just expands and it's yeah and i do enjoy the romero version a lot like he's my favorite horror director by far but um i need to rewatch that movie and think about it from the lens of 28 days later well you're right mayhaps next zombie month oh we can do uh the crazies the crazies double feature <gasps> Oh, I would love that. Yeah. To so the document next go. March. Yeah. And what did he mention? Wild Zero? I guess. I mean, I don't know what that is, but I will look it up. Yeah. For sure. Also, hey, nice voice. <laughs> Daddy? Daddy. <laughs> Where's that careless whisper screech? <laughs> <laughs> so another thing that's been really on my mind lately that I really want to do, and I feel like it's going to be another... Um, uh, Ghost in the Darkness for us, which is apparently a top 10 episode for us. It's like if we could pick something that everyone kind of remembers pseudo fondly and then like, but no one else is covering. No one talks about that movie. I know. And I want to do a month where we talk about movies that start or have the word uh, or the number 13 in them. Uh, or, you know, and I really want to talk about the 13th Warrior. And I want to do 13 Ghosts. 13th Warrior, 13th Ghost. And I'm thinking of just like putting that on the docket really soon for any gaps that we might have. Yes. And then over on Patreon, we could do like the original 13 Ghosts or we can do the uh, the remake of 13 Ghosts, whichever. Flip a coin. The remake is so good though. I love it. Yeah, whichever. And uh, I've never seen 13th Warrior. I want to talk about the 13th Warrior because it's based on Beowulf, but it's also the only movie I can think of that is like the counter, the inversion of the White Savior movie because it's... A brown savior movie. I haven't seen it. So I'd be excited to do that. It's Banderas, so, right? Lots to talk about. Yep. Banderas. Yeah. Okay. I'm down. Also has a kick-ass Jerry Goldsmith score. <laughs> <laughs> Just like the ghost in the darkness. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Full circle. Well, we have two more voicemails from Bennett. Although these, I think we're about like a few weeks apart. Hello, tired bitches. This is uh, Bennett calling. I haven't called in quite a while here. I've been uh, fairly busy now and then, as I usually am. But anyway, I just wanted to call and say hi and say, I, you know, I've still been an avid listener of all of your show there. 
uh, except, except when you've been covering zombies as of late, this is not really my thing. But anyway, I keep going back to some of your older ones, especially one my probably what you know of one of my favorites, your little episode or mini, what ended up being kind of a mini-sode on Exorcist 2. It's, it's one of your funniest there. And don't get me wrong, I love all your deep dives into all the, all the movies, your good and bad, but I'm eager for another one of those random ones where it comes up where you just end up covering something that is just so horrible and not not you know not worthy of your time and just eventually just look at each other and say should we do a synopsis on this and go no blah 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 the end <laughs> just eagerly awaiting enough for another one of those whatever it may be like, Ta-ta. <laughs> <laughs> well i think you might have just given us idea for poultry guys <laughs> I mean... although we don't we don't do synopsis on the patreon bonus episodes but hey bennett it's been a while <laughs> good to hear from you <laughs> I always love his voicemails. I mean, uh, they're fun. Bitches, though, I mean, it's accurate. It's, you know, it's tired queens, Bennett. We keep telling you it's tired queens. (laughs) Sometimes bitches. But (laughs) he has another one? Yes, he does. Here it is. Hey, tired queens. It's Bennett calling again with another voicemail here. I was looking back at your uh, one of your more recent uh, Shooting the Flames episodes. I know we um, read a bit of my uh, comments about the... uh, Catastrophe of a movie, catastrophe of a movie named Pearl Harbor, right there. And I know you were talking about possibly like reading the first paragraph of that Roger Ebert review that I cited for you, but of course you had a lot to do, a lot on your plate, and had you know everybody like me just seemed to have a novel to write for you in comments and stuff. So I thought I would take the liberty and read for your for your listeners the uh, first paragraph of this super shady Roger Ebert review for for for, for this movie there, as it goes. Pearl Harbor is a two-hour movie squeezed into three hours about how on December 7, 1941, the Japanese staged a surprise attack on an American love triangle. Its centerpiece is 40 minutes of redundant special effects surrounded by a love story of stunning banality. The film has been directed without grace, vision, or originality, and although you may walk out quoting lines of dialogue, it will not be because you admire them. The shade of it all. Anyway, hope you enjoyed that. Bye. <laughs> yes. And God damn it. Like I emailed him back and I said, oh, my God, I just read that review because he sent me the link or he told me about it. And I went and looked it up and it was hilarious. <laughs> and I was like, I am going to I responded with I'm going to read this. And I could have sworn I read it, but apparently not. So thank you, Bennett, for actually reading it because it's fucking hilarious. Maybe <laughs> only read the first like line or something. I don't know. It was so funny. I was cracking up. Um, and he said queens this time. I know. Finally, tired queens. Although sometimes tired <laughs> bitches. It's fine. It's, it's both fine. accurate. You can call us whatever. <clears throat> I feel like all of my love stories have stunning banality to it. <laughs> like, <laughs> a two-hour movie squeezed into three hours. Why do I feel like that review is like about me? <laughs> like in my Pearl Harbor. Your stunning banality. My stunning banality. <laughs> My memoir. All I heard was stunning. I mean, <laughs> thank you guys for all the voicemails. Uh, we love getting those and hearing from you guys. And make sure that you stay and listen to everything we talk about at the end of the episode when we give our number so you can call us and we'll play that on Shooting the Flames. That's right. We got no new patrons. Was that true? As far as I know, it doesn't feel true, does it? No. I feel Maybe like something slipped through the cracks. I don't know. But Maybe someone slipped through the cracks. I don't know. If you've slipped through the cracks, we're sorry. We're on crack. <laughs> but we did have a bunch of upgrades. Oh, okay. Yeah. So maybe that's what it is. 
So at the film Inferno level, we have Penelope who upgraded. Oh. And she said, to be clear, I only joined Kimberly at the highest tier because I plan on buying merch and that 30% discount was calling my name. <laughs> okay, so that wasn't the only reason, but it was a great incentive. And again, I went through the site and like made sure that our margins were high enough that the 30% would actually do something and not like error out. It's working some of the time and other times it's not. So if you have that 30% discount or a 20% discount and it's not working or whatever, reach out to us, let us know. I'll try and get back to you as soon as I possibly can. Yeah. And it goes straight to my personal email box. Um, you know, the notifications do. And so I'll, I'll try and get you whatever I can. Yes. And check out that merch. Yeah. Thank you, Penelope. Thank you, Penelope. And also Kimberly, who is a member of the film Inferno tier. And our film flamers are now Nikki. She joined the film flamers tier. Hey, Nikki. And she sang us a song to commemorate it. Yes, and I loved it. I still love it. Giving us all the gifts. That's right. The girl with all the gifts. For real. And Ashley. And Ben. And Glazed Donut. And Jessica. And Lisa. And Rosie Red Leader. <laughs> but especially this episode. Nikki. Nikki. Yeah. Love that song, Nikki. Will not stop singing its praises. Horror News. So... There have been some really big name horror movies that have been released at the box office lately, and their returns have some highs and lows. Evil Dead Rise, which I think a lot of people were looking forward to, earned $40 million worldwide its opening weekend. And it was made for $20 million, so... Yeah. yeah, so big return on investment. Yeah, well, it probably just made, you know, with all the marketing. Yeah, that's true. That's probably right. just broke even. But Renfield had a $8 million domestic opening weekend and is currently sitting at only $18 million. I think that was made for more money. A lot more money. I don't don't know the total, but... I mean, they had to pay for Nick Cage. True. And, you know, all the on-location shooting and all the special effects and stuff. Not that Evil Dead Rise doesn't have some of that, but it's kind of limited. Yeah. I just, I mean, like, I, I feel like horror is still, like, a very viable genre when it comes to, like, money at the box office, right? I am just, like, super surprised that Renfield made that little money. It feels like Renfield should have been a, an October release to me. Yes. I don't oh. know what they were thinking, because that's very Halloween-y. I'm at the very, at the very least, like a late summer kind of release, like getting close to spooky season, yeah. you know, to build anticipation or something. I feel like release date really is the problem, but that is ridiculously low like when i saw the headline opening weekend that renfield made next to no money my jaw dropped i was like what we just saw this at the overlook right and and i liked it more than i was expecting to and i really thought that like with the like the staggering drawing power of nick cage or whatever that it would perform and i just don't understand why it didn't make any money also i feel like we've talked about horror comedies before (laughs) underperforming because they can't quite get the marketing right it's either too far into horror or and which looks lame when it's horror comedies or they go far too far into comedy and like they're alienating both crowds. That's true. So in this case, I think they really should have doubled down on the comedy and really unfurled uh, more of Nicolas Cage than they showed in the trailer because they barely show him and he's like the best part of the movie. Yeah. And they really would also, if, if people were able to see a red band trailer, I think, and they were, there was a red band trailer, but it didn't show enough. 
No. So I think they were trying to keep it close to the chest and they were really trying to think, you know, oh, Nick Cage is going to carry this movie for us and it didn't happen. No. And I feel like they should have showed a little bit more, you know, and I, I remember talking about the Renfield trailer on a shooting the flames like months before we even went to the Overlook and I was not excited to see that movie. Yeah. And know? we're still so, not because it was kind of middling. Yeah, that's true. I mean, like out of everything that we saw, it was. So it also didn't generate word of mouth because everyone was like, hey, yeah, you know, this is what it is. I'm surprised with Evil Dead, uh, although it's more, much more of a horror, you know, house. It's a franchise, franchise. for sure. Yeah. You know, so people are going to go out and see it. But I'm wondering what the the tailwinds are going to be, you know, week over week. True. I mean, I feel like maybe a lot of people go see these movies as soon as they open and Evil Dead Rise will probably like sort of like drop down. It, it certainly wasn't number one at the box office. I mean, like Super Mario Brothers is like killing it. I don't even right understand that because there was such a thing about the voice actors. Oh, Chris Pratt and whatnot. Yeah. But I do uh, want to see that movie, though. People are rating Evil Dead on Letterboxd and I'm seeing them rate it very highly. We Higher also, than we did. I am also starting to wonder, like, how we're rating things during Overlook because we're seeing it amongst a sea of other horror movies. And so we're in a kind of a weird mental model, you know, we're not seeing it in an island like we would like just go into the theater on a weekend, you know, that's true. So, but I mean, it made enough money to where I feel like, like the producers like Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell have come out and said over the last week, since the movie came out, that they are going to be making more of these movies. And every every couple of years, they're going to come out with a new evil dead. And I like the way the franchise is going. Like I, I've seen posts now, that are very similar to like Halloween where there people are making their own timelines, right? There's like the, the Raimi timeline, the Alvarez timeline and some sort of like thing in between, you know? And if you want to piece these movies together, that's fine or enjoy them on their own. Good. <clears throat> I, I just want Sam Raimi to come back and direct. I mean, for the love of God, I feel like he will at some point, you know, I feel like this movie was popular enough. It had a lot of buzz around it and it made money. So I feel like he'll be back before we know it and making another Evil Dead movie. It's just how it's going to fit into the timeline um, is going to be really interesting to me. But it's going to happen. So there it is. Next up, Anne Rice Cinematic Universe grows with the new spinoff series set in the Talamasca. Do you know what that is? I do not, but I read the article. So it's like The Watchers from Buffy or Highlander or whatever. That's what I got Yeah, Yeah, from it. Yeah. So that's basically what it is. So I think it's David of the Talamasca. And he eventually gets made into a vampire. Sorry, spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, but that'd be cool because they're 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 not just l- watching vampires. They're watching everything. Yeah, that's what it said in the article. I mean, because I had no idea what this was. So when I was reading it, I was just like, oh, my God. So they're watching everything that's supernatural going on in the world. And that sounds really fucking interesting to me. It sounds very Buffy-like. Well, and, it could be. Yeah. And so or X-Files like or something. Oh, yeah. You know, and it's going to be really interesting to see what they do with it, because if they play by the rules of Anne Rice's universe, there's almost no limits. But there are kind of rules of mythology. So it'll be interesting what they can do with it and what other characters from like the Vampire Chronicles they can like bring in that aren't necessarily part of the the main Vampire Chronicles story. Because they'll have their own. Like Vittorio has his own book. He never interacts with any of the other vampires. You know, we could bring in people like Pandora that have like bit parts in her own book. You know, but like there's a lot of different characters in, in, in Rice that kind of, you know, float in and out of the story, but they have really rich backgrounds of their own. I just really like the fact that this universe is growing, right? Did you watch the Mayfair Witches? No, I didn't because I, I heard not great things and I never read the series. And, you know, I, I'd rather just double down on the Vampire Chronicles. Yeah. But, but I, I like the fact that like her her books and her lore is sort of like it's found its home, right? And people seem to be enjoying it. And it seems to be very popular, popular enough to create another spinoff series that they didn't plan on doing. So, yeah, here it is. 
I'm, I'm excited. And finally, a movie that I was looking forward to very, very much. And then I saw the trailer for it and I kind of poo-pooed it on Shooting the Flames. But upcoming Stephen King film The Boogeyman had to be recut after audiences at a test screening screamed too much. So I don't. Yeah, I think that's the the headline. Yeah. And the thing is, they were screaming so much after the first reveal that it covered up the dialogue. And it was an important exposition dialogue. So they had they had important exposition dialogue too close to a Dolby shock, which is an editing issue. Yeah. Right. And that could happen with any horror movie. So this might actually not this may actually like help it to get people to go into theaters the first weekend. But if it's not actually that scary, then it's going to hurt it over that time. I mean, that's true. But the, the the big takeaway from that trailer when we talked about it on Shooting the Flames several months ago was that I have, I personally have some clear high expectations about what this monster is supposed to look like. I have read the short story many times and I find it to be frightening every time that I read it. And when I watched that trailer, I felt like it didn't seem scary. It seemed like they were holding things close to the chest, which is good. But I was worried that it just wasn't going to be as scary as the source material and, and reading something like this, like makes me a little bit more excited about the movie. Like maybe it's going to be actually scary. Yeah. Coming soon. So we have a handful of trailers to talk about today. And the first one is a movie that we watched at the overlook film festival. And that's a movie called clock. Right. And so we already kind of synopsized these a little bit or kind of reviewed them. Um, definitely check the show notes to watch the trailer, though. Yes. And if you want to hear a little bit more about them, check out our episode on The Overlook, um, because this is Clock and it's coming out on Hulu in a couple of days as of this recording and probably in the past as of you listening to this. <laughs> so it's coming out April 28th on Hulu. Please check it out because it's pretty good. And I will watch it again. I I loved Clock. I thought Clock was excellent. Like, really no, Clock is so good. I'm so excited for people to watch this movie and start talking about it. Yeah, right? to me it was more important than it was good, but yeah. you really loved it and a lot of other people really love it. And so I would watch it again and I would recommend it to others. So yeah, everyone check it out on Hulu. That's right, April 28th. Next up, we've got Insidious, The Red Door. Uh, the spooky door or whatever, the scary door. <laughs> the scary door. <laughs> <laughs> And this is in uh, theaters in July, and it looks like just another continuation. But it, it, it was a solid trailer to me. You didn't like it as much as I did. But. No, I thought they were phoning this shit in. But, I mean, also, I have not kept up with this franchise. No, I didn't see the last one, I think. I only saw the first two, and there's several after I that. I didn't like the second one as much. I didn't either. So I never saw the next it. ones. And so I'm just like... I kind of switched over to the Conjuring universe. Which is better in my This opinion. is kind of Conjuring universe adjacent. A little... I mean, it began with James Wan and this guy, Patrick Dempsey, or whatever his name is. <laughs> Patrick Wilson. Patrick Wilson. <laughs> Patrick Dempsey. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> what's his name? Upgrade. Uh, poor man's Tom Hardy. No, the writer. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Lee Wan now. <laughs> poor man's James Wan? <laughs> yes. Who created all these characters and whatnot. And I don't know. I mean, I really loved the first Sin City. I thought it was great. I thought it was scary as fuck. Oh, it was. <clears throat> and the second one was to like kind of ho hum and yeah. like the they way showed that, too much. 
Yes. And the way the franchise went after that, just based on what I had read, I was like, I don't really feel interested in this. And I feel the same way about this trailer. I'm like, I don't really care. It seems like they're doing things by the numbers. Like it didn't, it didn't look scary. It didn't look creepy. It's getting copy pasted franchise treatment. Yeah. There's no passion behind it anymore. I mean, at this point, like all I want to see is like, um, although didn't Leon L come back and direct like the third one or something? Maybe. I don't know. We should check that out, probably. I mean, that that could be the good one, for all I know. I don't know. I doubt it. But Lynn Shay, I mean, obviously, is the... like She I keeps would, coming back, even though she's dead. And I she's know. Not she's not either. She's, she's just gonna, coming back in videos and shit. <laughs> she's going to be in every Insidious. They're going to find a way. <laughs> Love finds a way. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, I don't... I mean, like, check it out. Let us know what you think about it. But I just am not, not excited for this. They Lynn announced it. Shay away. <laughs> 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 insidious yeah. Shante you don't stay <laughs> so next up is another movie that we watched at the Overlook Film Festival one that we are very very excited for people to see and that is Talk to Me coming to theaters on July 28th so A24 just released this full trailer a couple of weeks ago uh, but after the last time we recorded, so definitely check our show notes or look for you to look on YouTube or wherever for the trailer for Talk to Me. It's keeping a lot of it close to the chest. It's keeping some of the comedy and the darker stuff, and it's making the movie seem a little bit more centered on one character than it is. But it's still a good trailer, and uh, it's not you're not even understanding what the movie is based on this. But it's an amazing movie. It is. We think it's going to be a phenomenon. I I do. Um, you know, neither of us rated it perfectly, but we both really, really loved it. Um, you know, uh, relative to the other movies we saw at Overlook and we loved a lot of movies at the Overlook. So this is definitely one you want to see in the theater. And I'm so glad that they're doing this hard theatrical push for this movie because I feel like word of mouth for this is going to be great. I just do. Like, I don't expect opening weekend to be that huge especially based on the trailer that they released. But I feel like once people start talking about it, it's going to be like paranormal activity ring kind of like stuff. You know, people are going to go see this movie and for weeks and weeks, they're going to love it. And I just expect big things from this. I'm going to be so sad if that doesn't happen because this movie is fucking terrifying. Well, they lucked out because I don't know if they got lucky. I think maybe, but they both got lucky. They got lucky with a 24 and a 24 got lucky with them. Yeah. You know, and so, you know, A24 is is an entertainment company. It also, it you know, it makes its own movies as a production company, but it also distributes. That's right. And so it bought this movie and distributed it, even though it was completely independently made in Australia. But I mean, like, let's like facts are facts. I mean, like A24 horror movies are by and largely really good. Yeah. You know, there's not that many that I, I dislike. And we're about to do a whole A24 month, you know, with The Witch and Midsommar. And there are more movies than that, you know, like Way it's more. just really, really good content that they put out and or make. And this is no exception. And so, like, I cannot sing this movie's praises enough. So, I mean, like, let this be the anticipation build that you need. Like, listeners, literally, go see this movie. Please go see it in the theater and tell us exactly what you think about it. We'll remind you when it gets closer to July 28th. That's right. <laughs> it's a little ways off. We'll tell you. Which again. is a shame because I, you know. I was really hoping to to be able to go and show people almost immediately, but yeah, that's okay. We can still do it in July. Yeah. Last up, we've got the last voyage of the Demeter. 
And this is in theaters August 11th. And if you recognize the name the Demeter, if you've read Bram Stoker's Dracula, that is the ship that Dracula chose to take uh, within his box and his boxes of Earth from his homeland to England. Right. And so this is turn of the century, 1900. Um, and uh, we've got some Game of Thrones people in here. We've got some other familiar faces. Uh, the trailer's kind of shitty, but I'm looking forward nonetheless to this movie because it's probably the most scary part of the novel for me. And they kind of skim over it in Bram Stoker's Dracula the movie. They do. That we duped of um, by Francis Ford Coppola. But um, I'm, I'm, hoping, I'm hoping good things. I was really on board with this trailer for the first like half or even like two and then thirds of it. The world is a vampire. <laughs> yeah, but slowed down. I mean, and then they show us way too much of this particular Dracula. You know, I mean, like, go watch the trailer, but this is not a spoiler because they put it right in there. It's very Nosferatu, like you know, it's not quite what I was expecting, but it still seems like a really fun kind of big budget kind of period movie. Well, they might be showing him as a human in the movie. They might be just showing that to give you those expectations because on the boat, I think uh, it's alluded that he turns into several different things, including his more like wolf-like form. Yeah. So they might just be showing one so that you're surprised in the movie. And I hope so. Cause I will go watch this. I, I, agree with you i feel like in the novel like the the portions that are on the demeter or the portion that's on the demeter is excellent it's really spooky it's like a short story because everything in that in that whole book basically is done i forget what the word for it is but it's all in journals well and when i was in college and studying literature like we didn't read the entire bram stoker's dracula i did that in like a middle school but we had to read just that portion of the novel as like a short story so it's funny you say that that's how we studied it You know, like it's just a really, really good, well-written, very scary piece of like genre literature. And I think it came out like it was a it was like the journals of the captain. And then it was like a news article about what happened, what people saw when it came up on shore. Yes. And it was really, really interesting and and spooky as fuck. Because I think the captain like ties himself Mm -hmm. to the wheel, both to kind of try and protect himself because he knew that Dracula wasn't going to kill the last person that was steering the ship. Nope. You know, and so it's just and I think he ended up dying, you know, just tied to the fucking wheel. I will watch this movie. I'm going to go see it in the theater. It's, it seems like a theater watch. It, it seems like something that you and I both would like. Right. So, I mean, yeah, sign me up completely. Master and Commander Death Rattle. <laughs> that entire movie was a fucking death rattle. Come on. I love that movie. I know you do. <laughs> Well, Robert, I think that about wraps up this month's Shooting the Flames. That's right. Um, As we have done this entire episode, we would like more comments and questions. You can find us on social media at The Film Flamers on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. You can email us at tiredqueens at filmflamers.com or call our hotline at 972-666-7733. Make my evil dead rise. And my death rattle. (laughs) I'm not sure what that means. But it sounds hot. Hot and maybe like you need a little therapy. (laughs) 
Um, we need more reviews. We had a lot of them in this episode, but head over to Apple Podcasts or iTunes and you can leave us a five star review and tell us why you like us and we will read that on Shooting the Flames. But like we did from some of these Instagram comments and DMs, just hit us up wherever you can. That's right. We love new patrons. So come join the Patreon family over at patreon.com slash the film flamers and get all the bonus content. Talk to us about why you love us over there. It seems like a bulk of our conversations are coming from that and people are actually talking to each other. And lick our polls. <laughs> Take our polls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Chris, after uh, all the trauma from last month, I think it's time for us to go off and have some sweet dreams about A24. Oh, I'd love to. Then let's do that. Let's go have those sweet, sweet dreams. dreams. <laughs> Don't lick a pole. <laughs> Don't like that pole girl. We're out of my dick. Fucking <laughs> <Lucky> dick. <laughs> it's gotta be one of the times i've seen you laugh the hardest when you said deke that's after that whatever movie it was it seemed like it needed to end with that i don't even remember the movie i just remember deke i think it was the i think it was 28 weeks later i think so yes because i was like not deke and you just like lost it because i had not heard that in forever i was dying i'm still dying deke Oh, cut off the cough. (coughs) Shit.